Well, hello again, everyone. Dave Creighton, Jr., live here at GMIX. My man, Brett Ridge, is in Minneapolis, and we'll be trying to reconnect with him. And uh, we are here for uh, therapy, lamentations, counseling, a little bit of eating crow from my cyclone friends of the Hawkeye Huddle who've joined us here today, particularly my friend Chuck Drake. But we are glad to be here, and we appreciate you guys all listening to us. This will not be 100% gloom and doom. It will only be 98%. In that regard, the 2% will try and figure out if we're just moderate or just dumb, blind, maybe getting a little bit tipsy. So at any rate, the Hawks fall to uh, Iowa State 10-7 to on Saturday. And I will tell you, there's another Cyclone fan of the Hawkeye Huddle walking by down here in Valley Junction. I will tell you that I have I've seen enough to know that I've seen too much of one Spencer Petrus, of one Iowa offensive game planning, of, of a team that could be literally, if you had somebody in the 65th percentile of Division I football, they could be 2-0, top 25 rated, because they've got a top 10 defense and they've got a, certainly a top five special teams sitting there. And you just are sitting there wasting that kind of opportunity. All right, Brett can't hear him. I'm going to give this phone to Trey, who will text to the Brett when we can hear him and let me know. Uh, at any rate, so the Hawks go down. Our quarterback... Spencer Petrus has played every play so far on offense, not counting punting. Is that an offensive play? Because we're really good at that one. Um, again, Tory Taylor with a couple magnificent punts the other day, one that got downed, it, I think, at the three. And uh, at any rate, Spencer Petrus' quarterback rating currently is 3.4, grade point average, 3.6. He has the lowest quarterback rating currently, I think, in Division I football history. The Hawkeyes are DFL. I will not tell you what that means in terms of offensive efficiency in the NCAA. And we're only 100 yards behind New Mexico State, who's 129. New Mexico State's lost both games by somewhere in the neighborhood of 85 points. Yet we're 1-1 one one with an opportunity to play Nevada. Play Ames last week. We got Nevada this week. Maybe Carlisle next week, and maybe we can get this offense going. But nevertheless, we got Nevada this week, and somehow Las Vegas seems to think that we're going to score because they're 21 and a half point favorites. And anybody who's got the balls to lay that kind of number with an offense that scored exactly one touchdown and one field goal, uh, God bless you. Uh, my man Bruce is, is going to roll the dice on that. I think he's got a DraftKings, um, what would be the right way to put it? Uh, Inside inside game parlay that will pay him seven to one if Iowa scores two touchdowns. <laughs> so uh, that's probably worth trying. Um, if you can hear me back at the studio, please try and call Brett Ridge again. He's got nothing. So as as we look back, you got to give credit to Iowa State for a couple things. Their defense played; they played very well. Uh, they caused Iowa problems. I thought their defensive line was was good. They certainly uh, caused a turnover first half with a Petrus fumble. Their uh, 
their drive for 21 plays, 12 and a half minutes, and I think actually 30 minutes of actual daylight time. It felt like somewhere in the 40-year march that the Israelites took out to find the promised land. That's how long that thing lasted in my mind. And uh, I, it was something, certainly aided by a Cooper DeGene penalty, uh, which was somewhat controversial. And then, of course, capped off by Xavier Hutchinson throwing Riley Moss to the ground, some sort of suplex motion prior to catching the touchdown pass. But that's neither here nor there. Officials didn't call it. If they don't call it, it's not a penalty. I will say this, Iowa fans, quit throwing beer cans and food on the, on the field. It looks horrible on TV, and it's worse in person. And sooner or later, somebody's going to get hurt, and I hope if they ever find the people who actually did it, I hope they never let them in Kinnick again. Um, hey. It's just... It's horrible. You got Brett me? Ridge, BFR, yeah, how are you? Well, You're going to have to talk a little you know, louder. Uh, I, I'm uh, kind of glad I missed your opening diatribe. That's, um, I was, <laughs> I was noted. I didn't even mention you. <laughs> what, what, was I Johnny Raincloud the other day or what? Well, there was not a, there was not a tremendous amount of positivity coming from the man sitting directly behind me at the football game. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just frustration runneth over, uh, ultimately. Well, I, 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 and I think that's where the Iowa fan base is right now. I mean, look, we, we, can, we can break down all the reasons why Kirk Ferentz has been terrific as a coach, and we can talk about uh, the, the winning percentage over the last five, six, seven years since 2015. They're a top-ten program. They really are. But I will just say this. I remember in 1996, we went into the year in 1996 with Tavian Banks and, and uh, Tim Dwight and that group, um, having had a, a blowout win, I think, over Washington in the Sun Bowl. And um, we expected an awful lot out of that team. And that team sort of unperformed, quite, actually quite a bit unper, underperformed that year. Um, and started a slow downhill slide, and somewhere in there, Hayden had a couple of monster recruiting classes where attrition took a uh, couple uh, their, of monster what on the offensive line, right? And by nineteen, couple of monster energy drinks. Well, we're a Red Bull show here, so we don't talk about monster energy drinks. I think Ridge fell off there. I know what I'm he's here. talking about. That was the beginning of the end of the Hayden Fry era. Uh, did, did you lose me? We did. Now you're back. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. It, Quit, it, you're you right, have exactly. to stand still. There's no moving. I know that's impossible for you. Just I'm find your just spot and stay there. Chair. I'm sitting. Um, but it, you've got it exactly. You nailed it. So there was a, a beginning of a downfall that you didn't see coming with Hayden Fry, right? And they ended up going 3-9 and nine in 1998. And the program was in bad shape because they let it slide. There, at some point in time, stubbornness took over. And they, they, they let it slide. And that's what we don't want to see here. And I think Scott Docterman uh, in The Athletic the other day, he had a great article where, you know, he basically called a spade a spade here. He went down and started explaining where we've seen the, the offense just deteriorate over the last few years differently than we did when we complained about it earlier in Kirk's career because it was slow and plodding and methodical. In this case, it's been a, it's been a steady decline since two years ago when, you know, the COVID year, they had a good offense. It was a really solid offense. But then the year, even the year before that, not so great. So 
the, the point being that what we're frustrated about is that this thing is clearly sliding in the wrong direction, and they haven't adjusted anything at all to stop it. Well, not only have they not adjusted, uh, their unwilling, unwillingness to change personnel in the middle of this slide, I think, is the portion that, that the Iowa fan base is, without question, more frustrated with than anything. I mean, if Alex Padilla comes in and throws one first down pass, the crowd's going to go crazy. The offensive line is going to block harder. The running backs are going to run faster. And you're going to get positivity. It's called a spark plug, a spark, a, a surge of energy that is different yep. than what you have. And yep. football being a momentum-oriented game, that offense could gain momentum and go. What, what, what's the worst thing that he does? Throws a 40-yard uh, pass that gets intercepted? Well, you know what, Brad? It'll be the first 40-yard pass we've seen all freaking year. Okay? And well, I don't think anybody's going to lament that. No, uh, nobody. Right. I, I, that's just it. I don't understand now where you think it can get worse. And, and when I say this, somebody asked the question of Kirk today, and they were pretty good about it, I thought, um, the media today. When they say to him, look, if you go back over your last eight games, the Northwestern game, um, they scored 17, but he didn't play, but, you know, Peterson only played the first series in that game. Other than that, they've gone played seven points, plays. seven points, three points, seven and seven and 17 in the bowl game. And in the bowl game, by the way, he had three picks. And they said, what – what in what other offense would you expect to have single-digit games like that and keep that quarterback in there? And the, the games that Iowa won at the end of the year last year were Alex Padilla-led wins over Minnesota and Illinois, right? So, and for that matter, the Nebraska game, Petrus came in in the second half because Padilla was sick and playing poorly, and he didn't throw the ball around. He just handed it off, and Iowa's offensive line – willed them to victory right well and you also had a block punt in there which changed oh wait momentum 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 and so uh, th there's just nothing here this is the part that I, that I think is just so frustrating there's nothing here to suggest that he should be continuing with Spencer Petrus at all there's just there's just nothing there to suggest other than he just says that's my guy but there's no body of work to point to, even though he says we look at the whole body of work. Isn't there I, I don't a know. chance it, we it, could get a pitch count or something like that that they have in Little League so we actually have to take him out? He's, <laughs> he's reached his maximum number of incompletions during the month of September, so I'm sorry, you have to, you have to go and sit until we get to October before you can play again. Well, this, this, this may well be the hill he's willing to die on. You know, this is just it, and I, I hate to say it, but it, it may, may well be because – uh, and I don't want to, boy, look at what's happened to Nebraska since they got cocky and got rid of, you know, good coaches earlier in, in the decade or in, in the, uh, in the um, century, and they got rid of them, and look where they are, right? But, so you've got to be careful with this. But, but, boy, I'm telling you, it's sliding. And uh, don't lose these recruits you have coming in this year because it's a nice recruiting class again, but you've right. got to keep them happy and you've got to keep them interested. You know, well, I do think we should – we should be happy about, you know, the defense is still the number six defense in the country. Tory Taylor is still one of the top four or five punters in the country. 
Um, and, and you know, if, if you if your time of possession can even change, you didn't even score. Just keep your time of possession a little more even. That defense will keep the other team out of the end zone. Well, you want to know how how screwed up Iowa football is. Bruce told me this. You remember last week there was a, a giveaway and there was twenty seven entrants in the uh, in the prize pool. Twenty five of those people said there would be a defensive touchdown in the game. How how That's, backward is that? When, yep. when it should be yep. the other way around. Should have been two people said there would be a defensive score in the game. And 25 would have said, well, no, that, that just isn't going to happen. And, and, you know, it's – and yet Iowa should have won the football game. Arlen Bruce trips on the turf monster, running into the end zone. Potabon fumbles into the end zone. Now Iowa State fumbled going into the end zone as well. So you kind of – that's give and get. But still, at the end of the day – you take all of those sorts of things, and and if you, if Iowa State only gets a field goal on the twenty-one play drive, you win seven to six. Yeah. And and if Bruce scores or Potabon holds on the ball, you win fourteen to ten. And and we're sitting here, you, we still feel watch, we, we still feel watch? horrible about the offensive performance, but you're feeling better yeah. about yourself because you're two and zero. Oh. Because you're two and zero, oh. yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, um, the the fact that I mean, the off the defense gave up 300 yards, but they gave up 300 yards because Iowa State had the ball for a whole quarter more, right? They had, well, they had one, one drive for 12 drive. minutes. <laughs> yeah, so it, you know, so at that point, you can't blame them. You got to feel good about that. You have to feel good about the fact that you blocked two punts. Lucas Van Ness, uh, Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week again, uh, by the way. So good, good for him, and, and congratulations to him. Um, turnovers killed you in this game, and certainly, you know, Potty Bomb scores, like you say, it's 14-3, to and the thing is over. Um, it doesn't matter. Oh, by the way, you had Aaron Blount with a 46-yard field goal to tie the game on the last play, and uh, in a driving rainstorm didn't get it done. Um, an, a, another possible issue this year, of course, having brand-new kickers uh, competing for the job and not really knowing who can put it through, but you were there still. It was a game that Iowa didn't right. deserve to win statistically, but they were there because they were going to win ugly again. And this time they didn't win ugly. They couldn't put it together. The referees made some th- things happen. The, the, the weather made some things happen. And then Iowa didn't help themselves, and, and here you are. Now you've yeah, got you... an easier game this week. Nevada is awful, right? They're just flat-out awful. Well, I, incarnate I word could be really good. Who knows? <laughs> it's possible. In, incarnate uh, Word used the Holy, di- holy Divinity uh, to week. put up 55 on them last week. Yeah, no kidding. And so that's why, you, that's why you're a 23-point favorite when you haven't even scored but seven points in each of the last two games, you know. Um, oh, by the way, that's also last in the Division One football. Also, we're, we're, Iowa is last in about 18 different categories right now. It's amazing. But have you ever heard of a quarterback with a 3.4 rating after two games? Um, no, no, I haven't. In fact, I said it's nearly impossible to be that bad. And I also mentioned that his grade points higher than that. Well, yeah, I think you did say that. <laughs> um, you know, the, the thing, for people who don't know, a quarterback rating, a bad quarterback rating is 50, right? It's not five. A bad quarterback rating is 50, and he is 3.3. That's better this week. He was a 1.1 last week. Um, they said oh, he I had hate to say that he pockets, it. 19, 19 clean pockets, and he only completed 10 passes in there. Hey, um, 
You know, I, I think at the end of the day, we're, what's really frustrating is to see to see him go out there again today, Kirk go out there and say that he wasn't going to make a change. This is where everybody can clearly focus and everybody can clearly see. I hope they're making some adjustments somewhere else because they aren't doing anything a whole lot more sexy in the offense either. Um, well, they're well, certainly clearly not going to get more complicated sexy. with it. Well, it, you can't get more complicated if you can't run the basics. Right. That's All right, sure. we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back. Um, I think Dave is going to get uh, Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. We come back on the Hawkeye Huddle, 117 under the champ, 101.3 FM. Come back to the Hawkeye Huddle, Tuesday night edition, 13 September. I wish son Matthew a happy birthday again. It was on Sunday the 11th. 24, right? 24 years old. Pretty good for a young man. So, at any rate, Ridge has been lost. We're hoping, efforting Tom Cakert, I think. I hear the dial tone in the back, and we'll be with them as soon as we can. At any rate, we want to thank our great sponsors. Obviously, G makes for hosting us. It's beautiful out here on the patio, by the way. It's steak night, pork chop night, uh, probably the winter smash burger night. The wonderful Caroline's out here working for us. And... Uh, Jason inside behind the bar. So uh, come on down and join us. AM, PM Plumbing, as we all know, they do plumbing. Morning, noon, and night, same rate. Give them a call if you if you need anything. Angie Lancaster, Remax Concepts, who brilliantly sold negotiated my house for far more than I ever thought I could ever get. Brian Houck, Key Mortgage. So uh, we want to make sure we thank our sponsors as uh as we continue here in the 19th year of the Hawkeye Huddle, which is in and of itself somewhat amazing. And I haven't yet killed Ridge, which would be hard for me to do this show in prison, I guess. Um, nevertheless, we have this big brother, little brother thing that, that seems to work. And we appreciate all of you who listen live and, and certainly all of you who download. I understand our podcast numbers are going through the roof, and I, we certainly appreciate that. So at any rate... I'm hoping that we get and have Tom Kakert on the line and or Brett Ridge on the line. We do? Great. I'm Who here. do we have? Tom. 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 How are you today? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm better than uh than I think a lot of Iowa fans. Well, it wouldn't take much to be better than a lot of Iowa fans, Tom. I mean a hint of optimism would put you ahead of about fifty eight percent of them. <laughs> Yourself included. Well, I am. I am. Uh, what's the right word? I think. I think this is. A, this is a, a function of frustration, of of watching something, where where you see it not working and the lack of wanting to have any semblance of change. <laughs> you know, we play three tailbacks, and nobody says boo when we bring in Gavin Williams for. Uh, LaShawn Williams, or we bring in uh, that freshman, number two, and, and he runs a few plays. Nobody says anything about that. We're trying everybody and their mother wide receiver that's ever suited up that is currently healthy, and no one says anything about that. But yet we are unwilling to put in number eight <clears throat> at quarterback because we think number seven is going to give us a better chance of winning. Can you explain that? That is Kirk Ferentz's view. Um, of the situation as he uh, explained today. Um, I don't know. 
we asked him about it, he said it's body of work and some other things. Um, you know, he was asked pretty point blank, you know, about some other things. And, and uh, he has decided that uh, what I think might be happening on Saturday is this might be kind of, okay, Spencer, this is it. This is really it. This if is, it doesn't this go is... well, then, then, uh, then it's done. If it doesn't, it doesn't go well a couple series in, then it's going to be done. That's right. my feeling. Well, and I thought we, we, we might have that situation last week, but I, I, do understa- I, do, I do understand why you wouldn't do it because Iowa took an early lead on the block punt, two winning. running plays, touchdown. And, you know, so it's like, well, you got the lead. Let's let's kind of roll with this, and and hope your defense and special teams, and maybe we can pick up another one. And clearly, I don't know how how much further in the game was the uh, second block punt. Tom was that that was in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, I what, what I think is Kirk's view is that it's not just Spencer, and I think that's a fair view that it's not just Spencer that's broken right now in the offense. The entire thing's probably broken. Um, but it's one of the things that you haven't tinkered with. You know, you try different running backs. You try different combinations along the offensive line. You've tried different receivers. Uh, and, and none of that has worked. So maybe a different quarterback would change things. I don't know if it would or not, but it's probably worth trying. Uh, but it- I'm just not I just don't think – I think Kirk wants to exhaust things. So here's what I think. If they go out on Saturday against Nevada, who gave up 55 points to Incarnate Word, and if they can't score in the first two drives and it just kind of goes three and out and Spencer's throwing uh, – throwing, Wob- uh, you know, Wobbly like, uh, balls to the sideline. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Nucleloosh kind of falls up to the sidelines, hitting the mascot or something. Then – then he's just going to say, you know what, given everything we can, it's got to got to change. You know, when Da Vinci was doing the uh, statue of David, I imagine his body of work early on didn't look very good, but by the time he was done, he had a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know if we have yeah. enough time left in Spencer Petrus's career to make a masterpiece here. Well, you know, we have also got two years of body of work from Spencer as well. Right. So, that was Michelangelo, by the way, not Da Vinci. Sorry. I know there's, I know there's, uh, I'll, I'll say this, I know there's a feeling maybe in the, the Iowa football complex that, hey, look, two years ago, got off to a rough start when I went to in the COVID year and then won six in a row and Spencer was pretty rough out of the gate. So, um, you know, maybe things will kind of start coming together. Uh, for the Iowa team, I, I, I don't know that that's true. But no, but I think there's there's human human nature that we, that you could say that. Um, and, and, you and know, won, and they and they have won they won ten games last year, and they won a share of a Big Ten title, or you know, a, a, a Big Ten West crown. Went to the Big Ten title game. So, I get that. They've also won one of their last four games. Yeah, and, and, and that and that should not be right. lost on people. I don't think. And, and clearly, the Big yeah. Ten championship game, we were outclassed, outmotored, everything. The bowl game, I 
Yeah. I rewatched literally last week on accident because it was on Big Ten or ESPNU, and I watched it from about the second quarter on. I was like, how did we lose this football game? Um, well, we didn't go for it because our stud center was off the field with a bad foot, and we chose not to try and do it and go behind shooter and to get those two yards, punted, and then Kentucky put together a drive. And, you know, and this is not a recurring theme because the Iowa defense is predicated on forcing teams to go and give Iowa State credit for going 21 plays in 12 and a half minutes and getting that touchdown. Give Kentucky last year credit for going 10, 10 or 11 plays, 88 yards, and getting that touchdown. Give Michigan State credit back in the Big Ten championship game because that's what that Iowa State drive reminded me of, uh, of 16 plays or whatever it was uh, to beat the Hawks late in the fourth quarter. That wouldn't happen if your offense wasn't providing you more <laughs> benefits. And, and, you know, this is something I, I've, I've thought about. Nick Saban's without question the best college football coach I think who's ever lived, but he changed his offense by changing his quarterbacks to Tua and Jalen Hurts and now Bryce Young, guys who are smaller, mobile, can still throw the ball 55, 60 yards when needed. He also has speed demons on the outside. But nevertheless, he made that change, and he ran an offense very similar when he had Derrick Henry that Iowa runs. Well, I mean, Kirk just is unwilling to change. Make that change. Yep. Michael Jackson. And it's some of the same questions right now that um, Texas A&M fans are asking about Jimbo Fisher because Absolutely. he runs that old school. What 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 Saban did was he changed his offense. He went and hired Lane Kiffin, right? And he just changed his offense. Now it helps that you can go out and buy Ferraris, right? You know? Right, right. You know You're I'm not saying. just driving Chevys and Toyotas. I get it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. You're not uh, shopping at the scratch and dent lot you know you're you're, you're but, getting high, you know, high performance cars put put iowa's defense with purdue's offense right now and you've got a top 10 team yeah i mean no, can't argue that in in you absolutely can't i mean i uh rich said i was number six in defense and tory taylor's in the top five in punting i mean outside of a field goal kicker who's two for four i mean what more can you ask for at this point, right? Or is he one for... Can't, can't ask for a whole lot more. I mean, one for three. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's... I know, it's broken. And my worry is that Spencer's broken mentally. Now, he doesn't it, appear it, it to seems, be that way. It seems to me that, that he may be... You know, I know some people have kind of termed it like maybe he has the yips or whatever. That's it's what, just, yes. They're asking him to make... They're asking him to make throws that he has not effectively made uh, ever during the course of his career. Those, those, uh, the the uh, boundary shots, the passes to the edge. I mean, those. He's more effective going down the middle of the field. He just did. Hash, hash marks in, going deep. Um, he's, you know, and we haven't taken one deep shot in two games, and maybe. You know, maybe on the play where he got sacked and fumbled, we were going to go deep, and maybe, and I don't remember because um, I usually when they, he drops back like that, I tend to look down at the receivers, but I noticed that we had trouble in the middle, so I kind of focused on the quarterback there. Um, I, I mean, and I, 
The downside to rewatching the game from the TV broadcast is you actually can't see the full field. God, I wish we could get the full 22. That would be so much fun to watch um, and, and or not fun, I guess, if you're getting evaluated. So, I mean, there's not much, I guess, that Iowa fan can do other than hope and pray that, you know, we come out on Saturday and get the ball and in six plays, 75 yards, five running, five rushes, for 65 yards, one pass play for 11 gets you a first down, and then you punch it in and score, and you just repeat that over the course of the game. And, you know, if they don't go to Padilla ever, and Spencer's 7 for 14 for 93 yards, no interceptions, and maybe one fluke touchdown that bounces off seven guys or something, I don't know. I shouldn't be that pessimistic. I'm just saying something like that happens. Well, you know, you go to Rutgers and see what you can do. But right now, if we had to go to Rutgers this week, good Lord, I can't imagine how how difficult an opportunity that would be for Iowa based upon what we've seen the first two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could be in trouble next week at, <laughs> at Rutgers. That's a pretty good team, you know. Well, they're, they're salty. So. They're salty. Yeah. So, I mean – I appreciate the post that you said, and whether it was in in the Hawkeye report in the in the lounge or if it was on your Twitter, where the there's no animosity yet, or not yet, there's no animosity at all inside the inside the locker room. The defense and the offense are still together. It's one team. We're all in this. We're all rowing, not rowing the boat, so to speak. <laughs> we're we're all in on the same page. In that everybody, you know. Guys like uh, that are on the offensive line, which reminds me, did Connor Colby get hurt last week, or did they just hook him? Um, he's been in and out. Um, and I'd have to look back at how many snaps he played, but I thought he played a good number of snaps. But he's he's been up and down. I mean, right. The, the transition to tackle has not gone perfect for sure. Well, it it would seem to me that if you're gonna if you're gonna take him out, and put Plum in. Why not put him back at guard where he's shown that he can be okay and effective, and and maybe he's one of your best five. It just maybe guards the better spot for him, at least right at this moment. I mean, I don't know. We're, we're grasping at straws here. <laughs> yeah, it probably is, but uh, um, yeah, I don't. I'd have to look at the, the snap counts, but I, I think they just didn't. I think they just felt comfortable bringing Plum out there and seeing if he could do. Um, well, I was glad to see him on. in. Frankly, I mean, you know, uh, I know he's had struggles in the past as well. Uh, any yeah, insight on 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 receivers this week? I mean, is there a chance we get see more Brody Brecht, uh, Nico, anything like that? I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm looking, and Connor Colby played 39 of the 54 snaps. So Plum came in for 15. So that's, all, that's right. all the snaps. Well, we're at our time, Tom. I imagine you think we're going to get a win this week. Okay. So we'll look Thanks forward for to on. it next week. Thank you, Tom. Tom Kaker at Hawkeye Report. We'll be back in about four and a half minutes, and we'll get Brett Ridge back on the phone. So this is the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 at the Champ on 101.3 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Hawkeye Hello, our last segment. Hello, Brett Ridge, Craig Jr. with you, I think. 
<laughs> I hear you. We're both uh, doing it, Ridgie. Uh, That's all good. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, from the Iowa State game last weekend. And Brett, talk into Nevada your phone. On Saturday night. It's a gold out, by the way, David. They're not doing gold rush. We're doing gold out. Gold uh, out. So we get, yeah, That's gold Ned Log, sure as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there you go. Um, by the way, that Rutgers game was uh, announced as a uh, night game over in New Jersey next week. I think it's a 6 p.m. 6, uh, 6 p.m. game. And of course, it's 6.40 this Saturday night in uh, Iowa City for Kinnick. A um, couple of other things to mention. The uh, field hockey team went 2-0 this week. Uh, number six field hockey team beat Providence 3-1. to And number 22, UMass 2 to nothing. They have Indiana at 4 p.m. Uh, this weekend in Iowa City on Friday. Brett, um, before, Brett before you move on, how the air hockey team? Huh? The air hockey before, team. We don't have, do we have, we don't have an air hockey team? I don't know. I think Not, they're good. I think, well, you'd yeah. think. It, <laughs> anyway, um, it's, uh, let's dive in now to our private wealth asset management, uh, 5th Street 5, in honor of 5th uh, Street there in Valley Junction, where you're located with GMIG. And of course, private wealth asset management is there as well. And I think we came up with uh, today, we forgot to do this last week in terms of throwing a, a, a subject matter out there for people to tweet at us about. So we're going to go to the top five. Um, quarterback controversies in the University of Iowa football history. Um, history? Did you give this any thought? Yeah, well, I've given it some thought, it, but here's the problem. My memory's not as good as yours, so I'm going to throw out half, half of this, and you tell me the other half. Okay, okay. so here's my number five. My, well, my number five was uh, Jake Rudock and C.J. Beathard and, and saying to myself, why was this even a, a decision? But that's yeah. all in hindsight. That was my number five. My number four was Ricky Stanzi and Jake Christensen because we knew, because Ken O'Keefe told us, that Ricky Stanzi basically was going to be the starting quarterback when he was a sophomore and had beaten Jake out right up until he got hurt. Number three, though, goes back a few years. Randy Reiners and... Oh. Was, that, was that Brad Banks? No. Randy Reiners and uh, Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> so I had I have John Butcher and Ryan Driscoll on there. Okay, that there you go. Of, one of was one of one of mine. Trying Good. to think who it was Randy Reiners was replacing because Randy Reiners came in in the Wisconsin game after somebody got hurt and and then it became a little bit of a con- controversy. Um, but I, I I definitely had Ryan Driscoll and John Butcher on there. Uh, in one of my sort of also-ran categories, because you might remember uh, how that went, um, you know, late in Hayden's career. That was uh, right when, you know, the, the right. when I was getting out of school, right? Um, so do th- 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 you have another couple to finish up? No, go ahead. I'm, well, so um, I'm, uh, you've already hit on a couple in the head of my list, so let's just add a couple of them here. Um, there was a, a little bit of a controversy between Brad Banks and Kyle McCann in that first There you go, Brad, yes. Brad Banks in. And I will tell you right now, there was that Michigan game that that year that uh, Brad Banks came in and and Kirk just flat out just didn't let him finish the game. They were playing right with Michigan, Iowa that year. Um, not a great football team, uh, but two thousand one, right? Team. Yeah, and and they you know ended up going to win in a bowl game. But uh, Michigan was in the top ten, and Iowa was playing right with him when he was playing Brad Banks, and he pulled him out and inexplic- inexplicably did not play him the rest of the game. So that was one. I did also have the Sandy Christensen thing 
because of the fact that we saw, you know, you saw it in a game at Pittsburgh uh, where where Sandy was clearly outperforming Christensen, and he let Jake go back in there, and Jake uh, <laughs> Jake had a bad second half at Pittsburgh, and they lost by a point. I'm going to go all the way back here uh, to, I believe this is 1987, the Dan McGuire, Chuck Hartlieb, yeah. Tom there you Pohulski, go. three Tom Pohulski. monster that started. Yeah, started at Tennessee in that uh, kickoff classic game that Iowa lost 22-21, to uh, and I believe Hartlieb fumbled on the goal line and was returned for a touchdown the other way. Right. McGuire uh, never really got things going. Of course, he ended up out at San Diego State and then played in the NFL for a while. He had all kinds of talent. We had heard how great he was, but Hartley won that job. And then they went on to have a pretty good year. Not a great year, but a pretty good year. That year, of course, the one where they won the Ohio State game uh, with him throwing to Marv Cook on the last play of the game. Uh, that pretty sweet, but that was a, a controversy. Um, and then I'll probably throw in uh, somewhere in there, there was a Pete Gales, uh, Gordy Bohan, and if you don't remember, they had to switch off in that first Rose Bowl year. Not so much a controversy as much as a situation where they shared time. And Pete Gales started the year, but Gordy Bohan played the majority of the second half of the year. Those are all, right. those are all uh, ones that, that come to my mind. And so then, uh, this one here, this Peter Padilla thing is not even a controversy at this point. It's just silly at this point. No, exactly. It's it's the only controversy is that we haven't seen Alex. And there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, our friend Kevin Driscoll goes, "What's his allegiance to Iowa?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Maybe it is a girlfriend. Maybe maybe it's the fact that we, you know at the again we we only pay once a well, week. This just in. Yeah. Only, yeah. We're only playing. At any rate, you know, the the one thing about Padilla, he had to leave last year going, okay, if I'm healthy when I come back I, and I wasn't sick at Nebraska and we go on to win, I probably start the bowl game and I probably – it's my job. He probably thought he was going to get a fair shake, and he clearly didn't. And, and or maybe he's the worst practice uh, quarterback – anyone's ever seen you know i mean it's if possible. spencer it's if possible. spencer looks great against the first team defense and alex is getting picked off all the time maybe that has just un, undone any goodwill that he had by those those games where he came in at northwestern the game at, uh, against minnesota and the game against illinois that he had and uh that's unfortunate because <laughs> I don't think there's a, there's one person who's going to listen to this this show right now and or on the podcast would say. <laughs> uh, who's listened to this show or a podcast is going to say giving Alex Padilla a shot is, is not a good idea. Everyone's good in agreement idea, right? there. I yeah. mean, if if this was uh, in Congress, we would we would vote by unanimous oral concession. <laughs> All in favor I of the mean, motion, the aye. This is a consent. This, yeah, this is in the consent. Uh, in the consent. What do we got going on here? I don't know, but we should turn off the advertisements until we're at least done. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do have a lot of bad habits that we need to get rid of. I, I'm irritable. I am. I know. But, yeah, but I don't smoke, so. Right. Well, we'll try to talk over this. For right now. Yes. I wonder why they're running, but um, we'll try to talk I, about because this. the machine's so messed week, up. It's got to be the only thing. Next week, what we're going to do is we're going to have you tweet at us, please. 
your top five quarterbacks all time at Iowa. Let's go positive. That'll be it for next week. Top five quarterbacks at Iowa all time. Top five quarterbacks in Iowa football history. Just tweak those to us for your fifth street five, and we'll uh, take a look at some of those next week on the program. All right, Reggie, why don't we go with our last call right now? Sponsors are talking to us. Can we go with our, uh, what you call it? I can't. All right. Um, let's go with our last call right now. What do you got for this week? Okay. Well, I, I'm having a tough time getting a read on this, but obviously Nevada is historically bad, right? And when I mean historically bad, they are historically bad. So, I, yeah, I feel like Iowa's going to run out there and score a, a few points, but – um, gosh, I, I can't see it being much more than, you know, I don't know, 24. If, if Spender Peters starts and plays the entire game, um, I think the Hawks score 23. 23 to 3 Iowa this week. 23 to 3. So the number's 21. The total's 39, which is telling me it's 31 to 7. I'll go with that. I don't know how we're going to get to 31. I hope it happens. And I hope we have 28 at the end of the first half. Um, I wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice to have a situation where I will put up forty on somebody that they should put up forty on? But I'll tell you what, man, if this game is fourteen to three in the fourth quarter, and Spencer Petrus is still in there, Tom. So I don't know if you heard Tom. He feels like this is the last the last audition. Uh, yeah, I caught that part. I I, I I thought last week would have been, so I can't say say that, but I, I, I did catch that. Right. You know, you do have the possibility of getting Nico Regani and Keegan Johnson back. They're both practicing. They may not be there quite yet. Might see Nico. Brody Breck's going to play a little bit more. He's still coming along. Um, you know, you're going to have more of Gavin Williams this week, too. He's going to he's in better shape. You know that we didn't mention Jamari Harris is out for the year. By the way, I just um, saw that today. I did not did realize he was going to be out for the year. Yep, he's done for the year. Uh, I didn't really see what the injury was, but Kirk says he's had season-ending surgery. And uh, Justin Jacobs is not going to play in this game either. Although I don't think it will matter. It'd be nice to get him back next week um, at Nevada. Um, you know, one saving grace, my friend, is this: the Big Ten West has a couple of decent teams in it. It's a cluster. Uh, but there's some, there's some bad football teams in there. And we thought a couple weeks ago maybe it was a really good division, and now it looks like a bad one. You turn things around, you never know what might happen. That's right. right? Stranger things have happened right. than Iowa losing to Iowa State and then going on to have All a right, good season. Join us uh, next week on 1700. We will have fewer gremlins. When we come back, as you with the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 and 100.